The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us, and thank you also for liking our Spirit of Recovery page, liking us on Facebook, and for posting on there. It's great to um, see what you posted, and thanks also for letting us know by email how things are going for you and what's happening for you in your recovery walk. Very glad to hear from you. Thank you for participating here with us on the Spirit of Recovery. And um, thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your Unity community know about us here on Unity Online Radio. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And uh, we're very glad to hear from you that our guests are making a real difference in your life, that as you listen to what they have to share about spirituality and about their recovery process and all that they know and experience about it, either from the personal or the professional perspective, that it's making a real difference for you in your life. Every week here on Spirit of Recovery, we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and the guests that I have here are always down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. They are people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And they're always bringing practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. I know that uh, you realize you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen uh, online through your computer. You can listen live. You can listen through your smartphone. You can listen to our archives. We've got several years of archived programs. Um, You can listen, of course, live or on demand. So um, know that there are lots of ways that you can access the programs here on Spirit of Recovery. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. So if you are a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you are the family member or friend of someone uh, that has the disease of addiction, perhaps you are in your own recovery as a family member or not, and they, uh, your loved one may or may not be in recovery, but you're welcome here. Maybe you're just somebody that's curious about the process of recovery and you want to learn more about it. We're just glad to have you as a listener and also happy to have you participate if you have a comment or a question for our guests here on the Spirit of Recovery. 
Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and and an Addictions Counselor, and I am a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship uh, many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, 33 years ago, those relationships got me involved in an active path of personal recovery and growth and spiritual development. And so my spiritual walk is an integration of the unity principles and the recovery principles, and those sure keep me growing, and I am so grateful. So uh, I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to bring uh, great guests to you, and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, our topic is, it's all good, even especially if it's uncomfortable. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the idea that uh, sometimes we get, I know I've, I had, used to have this idea uh, for sure, I kind of got, got it, let it go a bit, but that idea that spiritual growth should mean that we never have to deal with our emotions again or that we're never going to be uncomfortable again. And uh, that is just not accurate, that emotions are a powerful gift from our higher power and an authentic spirituality invites us to embrace and learn from our emotions, um, even and, and really especially when they are uncomfortable. And my guest is Guy Lynch. Guy is a unity minister, and he is going to be uh, sharing with us how facing the facts of our lives, which includes our emotional reactions, is essential to spiritual growth. Uh, again, he's a unity minister. He is dedicated to sharing the inclusive message of God's love for all people and sharing the spiritual principles that turned his own life from one of defeat to success and happiness. He is currently the minister of Unity of Beaverton, and he is the, uh, and that's in Oregon. He's the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians, and he hosts an online radio program that is currently on sabbatical, but uh, you can look on his Facebook page there at practicalchristians.org, and uh, that's the website, and on the Facebook page, uh, The Practical Christian, and um, find out more about his work and what he does. So, Guy, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Well, it's always good to be with you, Anna, as, uh, as, we, as you continue your great radio program and our friendship increases. So it's always a lot of fun. Thank you. Glad, and glad you're back. And thank you. Uh, Guy was my guest back around Christmas and talked with us about the metaphysics of, of the Christmas story and how that relates to the recovery journey. So, yeah, so thank you and very glad to have you back. So, um, Guy, I know that one of the the uh, goals that you have, again, is to share that uh, God's love of all people and that God's love is inclusive, and um, that part of that means that it's inclusive of all of ourselves, including our emotions. So mm-hmm. sometimes we can get some kind of skewed ideas, I think, about the place of emotions in spirituality. So how, what would you say about that? Well, I think that uh, the first thing I'd, I'd want to say is, is that there's, there's a tendency in uh, new thought circles and unity circles um, to, the, to say, and, and this relates to what you were saying earlier, that if I'm really spiritual, then, then all my emotions are positive, you know, and I need, to, I need to express only positivity in my life. I should never have any negative emotions, and I certainly shouldn't, even if I do have negative emotions, I certainly shouldn't express those negative emotions. Uh, and quite frankly, we build an environment around ourselves where, you know, we're, we're, we're fearful that someone's going to judge us for our negativity. Um, and 
uh, what I what I find is that this actually has a kind of a reverse effect in the sense that it doesn't really um, uh, help us recognize our closeness to God, but it actually gives us more of a sense of separation because every time we do have a negative emotion, it's almost like we're it's almost like we're saying that we're guilty of the sin of negativity. And that has kind of the same effect that the Christian right has, uh, where you know you're you're a worthless you're a worthless sinner, uh, you, you're a worthless worm of the dust. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to think of myself in that way just because I, I get angry once in a while, I get sad once in a while. Um, there's always a danger of, uh, of obsessing over a certain negative part of our lives. Anything can be used destructively. But to say to ourselves that we should never have a negative emotion and that's what makes us spiritual, I think, is false. And I, I also would like to say, you know, part of my theology is, you know, and, and something that unity says over and over again is that there's only one presence and one power in the universe, and that presence and power is God. So basically what we're saying is that all of creation comes from God. And if we're going to say that and be consistent, then negative emotions are a creation of God within us as well, and they're there to be used um, in a functional way. Negative emotions, from my point of view, are God energy that, that focuses our attention on, on what we most value. Tell us some more about that. Uh, how, how, can, how, how could that be? And I believe you. I believe that too. But how can, <laughs> how can that be that, that neg- yeah. so-called negative emotions are uh, God energy? And how, right. what, how, what's the good of those things? What's the good of those things? Well, let's just take one. You know, and one that, okay. that, that, uh, that, that people use as, you know, well, this is just something you shouldn't ever have, uh, you should never be feeling this, and that's the emotion of fear. Well, fear was placed in us for a reason. Fear is a, a survival mechanism. Yeah, if I'm walking across the street and I look to my right and the bus is bearing down on me, uh, it's actually a very good emotion to have in that moment. If, if I wasn't fearful, I, I probably wouldn't do anything. I'd get run over by the bus. It's fear that actually spurs me into action, and, and suddenly this, this old cranky body of mine becomes more athletic than Michael Jordan ever had time to be. And I can bound across the street with all kinds of athletic grace to avoid being hit by the bus. So that's a very positive use of, uh, of the, the negative emotion or the, the emotion that we describe as negative of fear. Uh, so that's just one example. I mean, you know, being, being angry is to set boundaries. Uh, you know, it, now, I'm not saying that, that every time we're angry that we're, that we're behaving in a functional manner, but sometimes we are, especially if we're saying you can come this far, but you can't come this far. And, you know, that, re- that relates, I think, to recovery in a big way because, um, you know, recovery really, um, a, a large part of recovery, a large part of, of uh, helping someone through into recovery is by saying, you know, I'm not going to bail you out every time when your addiction causes you to misbehave. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So... Um... What you're saying almost, or I would put it this way, and you can reframe this if you want to, but it's sure. how I would say that is that it's almost like our emotions help us to know who we are and who we are not. It almost gives us a sense of, of understanding uh, 
what are my limits and, and how am I interacting with the world? What do I, you know, what information do I need in order to take a, a constructive action? How would you And, and I, w- I would add to that, what is my circumstance in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I in a, am, am I in a safe environment? Um, is this feeling good to me? You know, our negative emotions tell us a lot of things about where we are, who we're around, uh, you know, what's, what's our current environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so how come is it that, <laughs> that that's an interesting phrase, anyway, why yeah. <laughs> is it that uh, these emotions that we, we're even talking about them as, as negative emotions, Right. Why do they get such a bad rap, do you think? Um, there's a misinterpretation, I think, of uh, our, even our theology, the unity theology and, and new thought in general. Uh, you know, we, we have what we call affirmative prayer. Affirmative prayer is a declaration of truth. And somehow that has morphed over time into uh, a kind of false positivity. Um, that we can only look at the world in, in a positive frame of mind. We can't call things what they actually are. Um, you know, how many, you know, you may know people within the unity movement or in the new thought movement who, who refuse to watch the news, um, which is kind of a, a divorce from society where, you know, when, where we, we decide not to be civic-minded anymore, we're not going to participate. Um, but, you know, not wanting to look at the ugliness of, uh, of some of the worldly environment means that it can never be transformed. And quite frankly, I think that, that those of us who understand uh, unity principles, new thought principles, need to bring them exactly to that, that point of view, to, to, to dealing with the issues of our day, um, whatever that may be. Um, so, you know, it, it takes a certain awareness to really transform uh, some of the major issues that we find in the world. Uh, so for us to opt out and, and, uh, is, is, to me, a tragedy. And the way that we do opt out is to say, I, I only want positive things all the time. I can only think positive things. I can only do positive things. I can only watch positive things on uh, television or read it in the newspaper, or perhaps I won't read the newspaper at all because there's too many bad things in it. Um, so, I, you know, I think it prevents us from actually being involved in actually improving the world as well as improving ourselves because we're also not communicating uh, with the balance of society and we're not learning uh, different perspectives and different ways of, of, of looking at the particular issues that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. With that, that brings to mind uh, something that Charles Fillmore, who was the, along with uh, Myrtle Fillmore, that they were mm-hmm. husband and wife, that he wrote about uh, over 100 years ago that he wrote. He says uh, something like um, it, the, seeing the lack of love in a situation is, is, should not discourage us, but rather it's an incentive uh, to love more. And I, th- I think that's sort of what you're saying. It's a window of opportunity. Absolutely right. Uh, absolutely right. And, and quite frankly, you know, when we deny our own emotions, you know, we're denying ourselves the opportunity to heal as well. Uh, here's, here's a great example. When, when, uh, well, uh, I guess I'll let you be the judge of whether it's a great example or not. But anyway, uh, when I um, was growing up, uh, my, I, it was my job to mow the lawn. And on my particular street, there was a boulevard. 
in the center of the street. And, of course, we had our portion of the boulevard that we would have to mow, and that was my job to mow it. And my mother um, never quite liked the way I mowed the grass. I, I wasn't ever quite sure why, uh, this being the Mother's Day week, I'll have to relate this story, but she would come out and just embarrass and humiliate me by in front of the neighbor kids and everybody around, you know, showing me how to mow the, the, uh, the, the boulevard. Well, okay, so that was my childhood, you know, and, and you know, I, I survived my childhood. Things went on. Th- things were fine. And then um, I, I lived in a home where I had to mow the yard. And about halfway through mowing the yard, every time, every time I would be angry. I would be almost in a rage for no reason. There's nobody around me. There's nothing happening other than me mowing the yard. And it took me a while to actually have the awareness, oh, there's something going on inside of me, and I finally connected the dots all the way back to that humiliating point. You know, I I would find myself red in the face and almost in a rage. It takes an awareness to, to bring that to the surface. It's not about denying the anger. It's about, oh, I'm angry. What's this all about? What, is, it, is it something that is going to, to, to help me survive, or is it something that's holding me back? And if we never bring it to the forefront of our minds, then we never get that learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened to you as a result of your being aware of that? How, what, went, what was the next thing after you became aware that that's why you were angry because of that childhood circumstance? Well, one part of that was, you know, mowing the lawn got a little bit easier <laughs> as I recognized <laughs> why it was occurring. And uh, but then mm-hmm. the, the best thing, but the best thing was I, I have learned to live places where I don't have to mow the lawn, and I'm not nearly as angry as I used to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you've been able to to shift some behaviors and shift some. You make, make choices about your environment, I guess. Huh? I make choices about my environment. I make choices about my behavior. All of that, and all of it's an opportunity, uh, you know. And, and quite frankly, it's also grist for the mill on Sunday mornings. I've told that story more than once. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, hang on to yeah. that. It's time for our break. Um, okay. My guest is Guy Lynch, Unity Minister and founder of the Practical Christian uh, Organization and the uh, on sabbatical, his online radio program, The Practical Christian. And he is committed to spreading the word that God loves all of us. Our topic is it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable. We'll be right back. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? 
author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host, and I'm glad you're listening with us today. Our topic, if you're just joining us, is it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable, and we're talking about the important place of emotions in our spiritual life and how uh, they really are a gift. My guest is Guy Lynch. He's a unity minister committed to sharing God's love for all people and he is currently the Minister of Unity of Beaverton, Oregon, and also the President and Founder of the Association of Practical Christians, and you can find that at www.practicalchristians.org, and you can find the Practical Christian on Facebook. Before I get back to my conversation with Guy, I invite you to join me for um, the Serenity Minute for a brief moment of sharing a constructive idea and a brief moment of quiet to experience uh, in a very conscious way the presence of your higher power with you. And so I invite you to relax, to be aware of your breath coming in and going out, to allow your heart and your mind to open, and share with me this constructive idea. I am grateful for my emotions. They are a life-giving gift from my higher power. I am grateful for my emotions. They are a life-giving gift 
from my higher power. And we take a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to feel the presence of your higher power. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Guy Lynch, and our topic is it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable. And if you have had an experience with this topic or you've got a comment or a question for Guy, please, um, you can call us at 888-558-6489 or you can send us an email. So, um, Guy, before the uh, break here, you were telling us that story about how you'd had a a difficult childhood situation with your mother criticizing you about cutting the grass and how you worked that through and uh, Mm -hmm. got got to make some more choices around grass cutting as an adult and didn't have to feel so angry. And uh, (laughs) I, I have another thought that I'd like to explore with you about that is um, I think that one of the reasons that um, emotions, some emotions can be so uncomfortable for us is that uh, we get messages about that it's not okay to be angry um, or upset with people who uh, may be authority figures in our lives. Um, I imagine most of us have heard it's not okay to be angry with your mother. Um, Right. And uh, what do you think about that? How, what's the effect of that kind of an injunction? Well, first of all, I think it's a great topic for this week because Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. Um, and right. I, I'd like to approach it from a, a couple of different uh, perspectives. One is from the mother's perspective and one is from the child's perspective uh, or the child, mm-hmm. adult, adult child, which, what, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, the functional parent uh, can allow a child to have emotions. Uh, and still be able to put boundaries around that and train the child about how to express them um, without being harmful. In other words, you know, to to say to a child, don't you talk to me that way. Um, You know, well, uh, what am I supposed to do with these feelings if I can't talk to you that way? It it leaves an unanswered question. It leaves a child confused. Um, Whereby if if the training is that, you know, you can be angry without being personal, in other words, it's mm-hmm. not about, and, and by the way, this is great for personal relationships as well, and that is that it's, you know, it's not about, our tendency is to say, you made me mad, uh, and that's not true. When you behaved in a certain way, I felt mad. And see, mm-hmm. that's, that takes it into a different realm. In other words, you know, I can, I can have a button pushed, and you may have no idea how you pushed that button. You may have no idea how, to, how that happened. And so it's not, mm-hmm. a, you know, if I, if I have the presence of mind to say when you did that, it made me mad, it takes it out of that personal realm. You're not responsible mm-hmm. for my anger, but I am feeling anger. And I, I need to let you know when I feel anger so that we can work out something in our relationship. We can work out the fact that, oh, when I say this this way, when I behave this way, that triggers something in you. Um, that's how healthy relationships actually develop from, from Guy Lynch's standpoint in a way, at least that's my opinion, is that that's how a, a healthy relationship can be developed. 
And I think that's also true of parents and children. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's not that it, you can't be mad at your mother. It's that you, but what you're really mad at is that when your mother behaved in a certain way, you got angry, you got mad. Um, you know, your mother may have been doing the very best she knew how, or your father may have been doing the very best they knew how with what they knew at that time. And, of course, you know, child-rearing and parenting has evolved over a, a long period of time, and what happened before doesn't happen now, and everything is, has changed. And a large part, hopefully most of that, is an evolution. It's a progressing forward that says, oh, okay, we can have our emotions, um, but we can we have them within certain parameters that are not overtly harmful to someone else. So when I'm mm-hmm. constantly being personal, if I say to you, you know, um, uh, Anna, you know, I I think the way you treat me on this show is just abominable, uh, and you and you ought to stop doing that. Um, well, first of all, if I'm saying that on the radio program, um, I'm, I'm being inappropriate. <laughs> you, you might want to say that. <laughs> you know, but I might privately want to take you aside and say, you know, Anna, you know, this is how I was feeling when this happened or when this happened on the radio program. And that develops our relationship. And who knows if we can work through it. You might even ask me back again. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. And so the paradox is, is that when we can share from a, a non-offensive uh, place or non-offending place, yeah. I guess, not, not a violent mm-hmm. place about how right. we're feeling, uh, right. then it cr- actually has the possibility anyway of creating closeness. It doesn't always because sometimes the other person gets scared and, you know, sure. won't have any part of it. But at least it has right. the possibility, whereas if we just shut down, that you're just separated. There's nothing. I guess. Well, there's an opportunity for intimacy. There's an opportunity Mm -hmm. for intimacy because because there's you're being transparent about who you are, and see if you can Mm -hmm. convey it that way. You know, this is who I am. This is how I respond to things. So that's just an honest thing to say. You know, this is how I respond Mm -hmm. this way. This is how I respond that way. Um, You know, it's it's a it's there's a line from the movie Jerry Maguire that I have always just latched onto, and I've used over and over and over again, uh, because you know the the, when when two people are coming from such totally different perspectives as the way they were brought up, the environment that they're used to, uh, so on and so forth, that that uh, you know you can be talking to one another and 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 you think somebody's feeling this way because their tone is just like you know your dad's tone when he was really mad or fearful, and, uh, you know, and, and they think that you're coming from a different place. Um, and and the, 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 the line that I remember was, you think we're arguing, and I think we're finally talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what one person's argument is another person's just being transparent with their feelings. And mm-hmm. once we can establish that, then more open and honest dialogue can take place. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, um, back to spirituality. It seems to me uh, that people have, uh, and maybe I'll speak for myself, but the hardest time about understanding what spirituality is in relationships, it gets all distorted, you know, about being nice and phony holy and all this business. What what would you say about what is spirituality in a relationship, friendship, you know, partner, life partner, business, whatever, all relationships. What does it look like? 
Well, you know, let's, let's, let, again, let's go back to the basics. The basics are that each and every person that we uh, are responding to in life is a creation of God. Uh, so it's just a, a hop and a skip to say, oh, every time I'm talking to someone, every time I'm relating to someone, I'm relating to God. Uh, and I, you know, hopefully uh, in the midst of that relationship, I'm touching that God part of them. Well, one thing that I know about my spirituality is when I, you know, I have, I have a lot of different ways of, of, uh, of communicating uh, with God. You know, I know that I'm one with God, therefore, you know, as, as sometimes we say in unity, every thought is a prayer, uh, and, and there's no place where we can be where God is not. And so I'm in constant dialogue with God. And sometimes God and I have it out. You know, if, mm-hmm. if things aren't, now this is just from my point of view. Every unity person doesn't do this. But sometimes when things aren't going exactly the way I think they should be, me and God have some really intense conversations. Hmm. And, you know, I, can, I, have, I will own up to being angry with God. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. angry with God. Here's the good news about that. You can be angry with God, and God is Okay. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, mm-hmm. you may as well generate some anger towards God because God can handle it better than some other folks can. Mm-hmm. So if you can have that honest relationship with God, it, it is very helpful in developing that relationship with God's creations. Good you find point. out how this can be expressed in a functional way. What gave you the courage to get mad at God the first time? <laughs> you know, that's, that's an interesting question. I don't even know if I can answer that. How did I, I have to go back many, many years <laughs> to find, a, find that first conversation where I got angry with God. Um, you know, I, 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 certainly old traditional beliefs were being thrown out the window. And the old traditional belief that, you know, God is a punishing God, and if you get out of line, the lightning bolt is coming out of the sky to strike you down. Somewhere in the midst of my development, I threw that one out. Um, I don't know how I came to that conclusion exactly. You know, I came into Unity in uh, 1980, um, and I went to my first Unity church, and I learned about this God that Jesus taught. Um, that was actually loving and embracing as opposed to just, you know, watching for you to get out of line so he could punish you. Um, mm-hmm. So, in, so and it's somewhere in the midst of that, um, you know, I, I started to develop what I now call an authentic relationship with God. And an authentic relationship with God is here I am, warts and all. And by the way, if I have warts, oh, um, let's see, I'm a creation of God. So you created that, right? So how does that function well for me? How is this thing that you placed in me, God, how does that function for me? Now, the only problem mm-hmm. with that is that sounds like a separate God. And I always have to make that additional uh, step to say, actually, this is all one. This dialogue is all happening within one presence and one power. God the good, omnipotence. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's how I come to the conclusion that, you know, uh, well, negative emotions, I have them. I am a creation of God. Therefore, negative emotions are a creation of God. How do I use them in a functional way? 
Right. What are um, how how and what would you say are some ways that 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 these so-called negative emotions we we might use them in ways that aren't functional or aren't healthy. What we need to be aware of. Oh, of course. Well, you know, uh, anger being a, a, a very well. There's a lot of different ways. Any, anything that anything that um, you obsess over, anything that you become neurotic over, you're actually becoming dysfunctional. It's one thing to have a fear uh, that you know, as, you're, as I was saying earlier, if you're crossing the street, to have a fear, you know, of uh, the car approaching. You want to make it across the street before you're hit. It's another to say, I'm never going out of the house because a car might hit me. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, a very neurotic uh, uh, use of fear. Any, any creation of God, this is Guy Lynch's theology again, but I think it's fairly unity-based, any creation of God can be used destructively. We're all creations mm-hmm. of God, and yet we know human beings that behave in destructive ways. Um, you know, we, we have negative emotions that can be used for our good, but we all know people that use negative emotions in a destructive way. We know, you know, you, you've probably run into somewhere in your life a rageaholic, you know, someone who is angry, who can be angry at the, at, at over virtually nothing but they're still angry and they're raging against the world or they're raging against an individual, and they have the potential of being abusive to their fellow human beings. You know, spouse beating, you know, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all those things come from an abuse of a creation of God, an abuse of negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it sounds then like it's, it is... Uh, doubly important to be aware of our feelings and to use them in a way that that is helpful and not let them get sort of, I, I think of it almost as like getting bound up in a ball and hurled either at ourselves or somebody else in a way that's harmful. Exactly. And then, you know, the, the other side of that is, okay, well, I don't want to be this, therefore how can I get rid of this? And that's when the addictive process can kick in. You know, I don't have to feel my emotions if I, if I drink in excess. I don't have to feel my emotions if I take this particular drug and I'm just feeling good all the time. You see, that's the, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing that we're talking about, you know, where, where you know, the, the idea from any kind of religious or spiritual standpoint that we have to be positive all the time is kind of an addiction in and of itself. Uh, and, you know, the, the, but in, in terms of, um, the recovery process, that addiction uh, takes the form of substance abuse because I don't want to deal with reality. I don't want to deal with the world as it is. You know, what's the definition of a dry drunk? Uh, a dry drunk is someone who's given up the substance, uh, given up the drug or the alcohol or whatever it is, but they're still not wanting to deal with their emotions. They're still not wanting to deal with the reality of the world as they find it. And so they find other addictive ways of dealing with it, uh, such as, you know, abusive emotions and things of that nature. Right. Good point. It's time for our break. Uh, Thank you so much, Guy. My guest is Guy Lynch, and we're talking about it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable, the uh, part, important part that emotions play in our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. uh, We'll be right back. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you. 
Chris Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening. And if you've just joined us, our topic today is it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable. And we're talking about the importance of emotions in our spiritual life. My guest is Guy Lynch. Guy is a unity minister. He um, is committed to sharing the reality that uh, God loves us all. And he is the president and founder of the Association of Practical Christians. He has an online radio program, which is currently on sabbatical. It's called The Practical Christian. But you can learn more about that and and Guy's work at uh, www.practicalchristians.org. You can look up The Practical Christian on Facebook and also Guy is the Minister of Unity of Beaverton, Oregon, so you can look on the unityofbeaverton.org website to learn more about his work. So, Guy, before the break, we were, again, talking about um, how uh, important it is to deal with our emotions and to use them in a healthy way and to, you know, how it can really uh, bring us really into dialogue and into to uh, opportunity for closeness with other people. And that's, that's part of spirituality. I know one of the things that you have done and, and do still through your uh, organization, the Association of Practical Christians, is that you do have dialogues with people who have a more conservative uh, point of view, a more conservative Christian point of view, and um, you talk about important issues of the day. And I know emotions get involved in that. So how do you do that, and what is the result from those conversations and dealing with those um, important social issues. 
Well, you know, it's always an interesting thing when, you know, my my program has always been a call-in show, so you can get call-ins from absolutely anyone around the country. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, someone will get on and just basically start start ripping me apart for uh, this view or that view. Um, and uh, um, especially when we, uh, you know, if I bring the unity perspective into it in terms of, you know, the Christ, uh, you know, what the Christ actually represents, uh, that can be to- totally contrary to their theology. And uh, so it's, it's an interesting thing to set boundaries on radio. It's an interesting thing when someone is, is going off to say, well, no, you, you, you know, I'm glad that you called in, and you can express yourself, but you can't, you can't be personally offensive. Um, you know, and quite frankly, you can't talk about people that support this program in negative ways as well. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing when you open things up that people will, will start saying things that, you know, first of all, they, I mean, they can be misogynistic, they can be uh, racist. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a proliferation of, uh, of racism in recent times. Um, and, you know, these are, you know, I, I try not to avoid any particular topic. Uh, marriage equality is another one that, that we get into regularly. And the conservative callers, when you talk about marriage equality, uh, will, will call in and, boy, they can just quote the Bible up one side and down the other. Uh, and they can talk about normal marriage, uh, you know, the, or, the, or a Bible marriage. Well, you know, it, they, they don't like it when you're able to point out that a Bible marriage is actually polygamy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one man, one woman. It's one man and as many women as he can find, I guess, because it's all through the Old Testament. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so we, we go, you know, that, that's part of that discussion is, you know, uh, you know, holding to your truth and setting your boundaries and saying, you know, as long as you're talking to me, you have to talk to me in a respectful way. Um, so mm-hmm. I just put down my views, uh, you, you know, without, without – uh, just you know, stating your case. You can state your case. You can state your opinion, and then respectfully listen as I state mine. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that's that's basically how I handle it on the radio program. Right. Yeah. That's that's interesting. You uh, you have a lot of courage to do that. And what has uh, how, what's what's changed for you in your life from doing that, and and in your emotional life and your spiritual life. From having those dialogues, you know, it's it's been a very freeing experience because I, I will say that I probably, you know, as much as I talk about uh, the the authentic spiritual experience and being able to express my emotions, whatever they are. By the way, I have some very positive and happy emotions that I like to express as well. Um, but you know, when when I've been uh, free enough to actually talk about my views about whatever the topics of the day are. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I have suppressed that over several years of being a minister, saying to myself, well, I really shouldn't go there. I should only be trying to help people with, uh, you know, uh, by, by being comforting and that sort of thing. Well, you know, there's an old adage, um, I don't know uh, how well you ascribe to this, but, you know, that the purpose of a minister is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And, you know, like one part that. about speaking up about, about today's issues is, you know, it, sometimes we do need to afflict the comfortable. Sometimes you, you have to make people uncomfortable for them to move to a higher level in consciousness. You know, one of the things that's happened, you know, in more recent times, ever since, and, you know, I just have to say this this way, ever since President Obama was elected president, we had our first black president. 
And we, we like to think mm-hmm. of our country as being, we moved past racism. We're, we're past Jim Crow. We're past the Civil War. But electing a black president actually pointed out that it was all really under the surface, and it's all come bubbling to the front now. Um, you know, I, 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 it was wonderful the other night at the uh, Washington Correspondents' Dinner when President Obama was talking, uh, and he was making jokes. And he says, you know, he says, when you start a sentence with, let me tell you one more thing about the Negro, he says, you know it's not going to end well. You really shouldn't start a <laughs> sentence that way. You know? Uh-huh. I just thought, uh-huh. isn't that brilliant? Isn't that brilliant? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can, you, we can take a look at, at, at something really negative in our society, and we can kind of embrace it with some humor that says, can we not look at our own ridiculousness? And quite frankly, Anna, you know, I'm, I'm not above my own prejudices. I'm not above my own biases. I have them. You know, uh, and, but when I see it in this kind of form at its extreme, boy, does that help me come to terms with my own. You know, the, mm-hmm. the ways that I can look at particular people, whether, you know, um, it, whether it's how they're dressed or what car they drive or whatever it is, you know, whatever bubbles up some kind of judgment in my mind about another individual. When I see something that shows it in its extreme, it really helps me to, to temper that and to recognize people as a child of God, no matter what they look like and no matter how they're behaving in any particular moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate that because, again, back to our uh, metaphysical understanding uh, and our metaphysical principles, I believe that, that that's really the direction they point us in, you know, that good old metaphysical term, chemicalization. Um, yes. You know, that things have to bubble up. Um, mm mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that, about how that works in metaphysics, about why it is important to face the facts of whatever negativity there is, whatever that, you know, it's not Well, really I, think, I, I think when broken. we deny the, the reality of things, when we deny that there's violence in the world, when we deny that uh, we get sick, uh, when we deny that there is poverty, um, I think that's a metaphysical malpractice. You know, we see these things. There's a reality in the world that says that these things exist. The proper practice of our metaphysics, of our spirituality in relationship to these things is to, is to, uh, to deny their power over us. You know, the fact that there is violence in the world doesn't mean that I have to board myself up in my house. Uh, the fact that there is mm-hmm. disease in the world, you know, I, I had a bout with pneumonia recently. And I have to say, that was one of the greatest spiritual uh, growing experiences of my life because I never, you know, I don't get that sick. That just doesn't happen to me. And yet there it was. And, and, mm-hmm. and to facing mortality and facing, you know, gee, am I ever going to be over this? Uh, you know, all of that. You know, you're facing it in, in real time and you're facing it in reality. And, and, and coming to terms with... <sighs> Whatever thy will is, let it be done. And allowing yourself to get well in that sense. You know, there's a turning point that comes with that release and that surrender that says, this is the reality of my existence today. My my wife had an extended illness uh, a few years ago. And the way she moved beyond it, it, you know, she, she didn't deny the reality of what was happening to her, but she did become even more grateful each time she woke up every morning, 
with each hour that she could appreciate being with her husband and with her with her dog and in her house and 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 all the things that she could be grateful for that moved her past that we have the power to move past violence we have the power to move past disease we have the power to move past poverty not by denying their existence but denying but denying that this is the devil of our lives no it is not the devil of our lives it is our opportunity to overcome each and every time uh well, i had a classmate one time who got a disease and and her congregation wondered how could that happen to her and she says you know how things just wash up on the beach sometimes you know think that you know it's just garbage that was out in the ocean and it gets washed up on the beach she says this is what's washed up on my beach and mm-hmm. i'll deal mm-hmm. with it and it's not your business mm-hmm. it's mine and i just thought mm-hmm. what a beautiful way of handling an extreme situation mhm mm-hmm. yeah you know what I'm hearing in this too is uh, a, a very deep uh, sense of God's presence. Is that if, when in the face of uh, such extreme upsetting conditions, extreme challenge, we do let go and know that there's there is something greater than this, which I call God. That this it's happening, and we got the courage to face it because we know that it's not the end of it. That there's something greater right. that's good. Exactly. It's kind of a positive negativity, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. It's an embrace. It's an embrace of where I am right here and right now. Not my will, but thine be done. Mm -hmm. Now, now the previous part of that prayer is important, too. And that is, if, if it be thy will, let this cup pass before me which I always interpret uh-huh. as, hey, this looks like it's going to hurt. Can we not do this, please? Uh-huh. And that's, that's the conversation with God I was talking about earlier. This doesn't look good. I'd rather not do that. You know, let's not go down this road. But then right. following that is the surrender. Whatever needs to happen mm-hmm. will happen. And you don't give something, you're not going to give me something I can't handle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the honesty, that's the emotional uh, honesty is to saying, first, I don't want this. No, this is hurting. And once we say that, it releases the energy. I mean, that's certainly that Jesus' example. And and then we can, in in an honest way, say, okay, I trust you. I trust you, God. And somehow it's going to work out. Be yeah, right. you know, the, I, I think the only w- way that negativity really harms us is when it's suppressed, mm-hmm. when we can't express it. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. I think that's the trauma of childhood, where children are to be seen and not heard. You're not supposed to be angry with your parent. You're not supposed to be sad. Don't be sad. Don't be that. You know, that's like saying, how tall are you, Anna? Are you about 5'5"? Five, five? Are you How five? Are really? you five foot five? Me? No, I'm five foot eight. You're five foot eight. Okay, you're taller than yes. I thought you were. Okay. Well, I I want you to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Good That's luck, what we're huh? saying to our children. That's what we're saying to our children when when we say, "Don't be sad. Don't mm-hmm. be like that. No. Right. Be who you are, 
and let's learn how to deal with right. it in a functional way. Let's learn how to direct this energy in a very positive way, a very good way. It's all the right. same energy. It's all God energy, focusing our attention on that which we most value. That is a wonderful, uh, wonderful word of wisdom, and we are at the end of our uh, time here today. Guy, thank you so much for sharing it, with uh, us from your heart and your experience. It's been wonderful. Uh, Appreciate it. It always goes too fast for me. Yeah, it does. Our goes fast. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Our topic has been it's all good, even and especially if it's uncomfortable, because it's all God. My guest is Guy Lynch, and you can look him up at practicalchristians.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Know that you are blessed, and we'll uh, be back again with Spirit of Recovery. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, the Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tollison, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.